0: Everybody, welcome to a new Prague report podcast where we're going to talk about the new deer hunter record and joining me are two uh, I should say deer hunter experts uh, That I brought along with me. We have Michael from uh, notes reviews his YouTube channel uh, All things Prague and music and, and reviews. Uh, good to have you, man
1: Hey glad to be here
0: the first time for you on our uh, on our podcast and uh, We should let people know there is a mysterious podcast where I appeared on your channel somewhere <laughs> in the ether that may be heard from one day um, hopefully yes we'll <laughs> hopefully. see the light of day one day and uh and jordan blum is that right mm-hmm. is that you say last name um well he, he's been on our podcast a few times uh from uh loud wire metal injection prog magazine all sorts of places and uh, first time on our video podcast so cool to have you on man welcome back yeah thanks always a pleasure yeah man so the deer hunter is a band that i know the three of us really like and are are big fans of and uh i know the three of us also whenever they have put anything out we are always like yelling from the rooftops to everybody that they need to (laughs) listen to this band right and uh you know i've i've sort of gotten some of the prog report guys over the hump on this a little bit Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. they're coming along daniel levy who you may have heard on our podcast before and he's a big metal guy but he's really into the new record and he was going to try and join us but couldn't make it Uh, today. So, um, but it's, uh, but it's coming along. So the new album, um, Antime, how do you say it? Is that right? Is it Antime? I think it's Antime
1: Antime, because he repeats it a couple of times in the first track.
0: That's right. So I spent all weekend sort of listening to this album on constant repeat. How about you guys?
1: Yeah, the exact same. My partner and I took a trip to um the southern points of Georgian Bay in Ontario. And throughout the entire vacation, this is all I was listening to.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've been spinning it as much as I can, going for walks, just listening to it. Um, I think I told Roy initially I was I was gonna listen to it as I was cleaning my apartment, but I quickly realized that I would be doing a disservice to it. So I was like, no, I'm <laughs> going for a walk, I'm gonna drive, I'm just gonna like yeah. listen and try to catch
0: everything. Yeah. So It's really unique. So this is their first full-length album, as we talked about earlier, since 2016, since they maybe finished the ACT series. Uh, There was rumors that there would be a part six. That never happened. I don't know that there needs to be anything further added to that. Personally, I thought it ended beautifully. Um, Then there was uh, an EP, All Is That All Should Be, uh, which had only six songs, more of a a regular rock pop flavor for them. He did the uh, Honorary Astronaut, a side mm-hmm. project, which is oh, also that's really right. good. Yeah, of um, four songs maybe, and um, mm-hmm. and then last year he launched. Uh, well, Casey Crescendo, for those not familiar, is the mastermind and and leader behind the band, uh, main songwriter, lead singer, guitarist, and um, he started working on a short film called The Indigo Child, which um, you can see on YouTube a bit of it, I guess, and uh, they released an EP which was sort of a pseudo soundtrack to that. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is available uh, also on streaming services, but that was all sort of loosely released. Nothing was ever really official about that or anything. And I guess this album is the first main Mm. real full album that they've released in about six years, which, um, yeah, you know, I don't know if this is a new thing. Is this the beginning of another act series? I think it's intended that there's more coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially with how this album ends. So abruptly. Um, And I have heard whispers that there is like continuation in the works. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I can see Casey spending a lot more time in this world, because this was the, the way that I've interpreted it, like this is the map, the Atlas, the setting that the Indigo Child takes place. So we have the individual of the Indigo Child, the little film that came out with it with the soundtrack. So we see this world from an individual's point of view. But now we're seeing it from a bird's eye view. And we can now fill in with different stories and different things that happen within it.
2: Yeah, I actually pulled up an interview from Prelude Press of, of Casey saying the record is solely focused on world building. And right. initially, like I, I remember hearing that it was connected to Indigo, but I, you know, it, it albums like this take a long time to digest and to, you know, connect. So I didn't hear it and i didn't i don't know the indigo child that well either um but i was talking to my friend nick who like loves this album and he said the first thing that they say on the album they they chant indigo they chant the three syllables and i was like
0: oh i didn't even catch one of the many things you you figure out later as you're listening
2: now i was like how did i not hear that um but yeah so i'm sure there'll be there'll be more and I was wondering if it was just an issue with like my version that it ends abruptly, but so I'm glad to hear that it's, it's meant to just kind of cut.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if whatever comes out next will pick up right on the same note. Um, I mean, that'd be kind of interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean in terms of world building, like one of my other main passions is Dungeons and Dragons. So like, I'm loving this whole world building aspect and actually having, again, like a soundtrack for this environment that they're in and all the different, I guess, layers of this lost city state uh, is really intriguing for me.
0: Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not one of these uh, people when I listen to a record first focus is on the whole story. I, I, I think with the act series as well and and this record too it it's hard to analyze the lyrics and, and everything for me without first absorbing the music and and really listening to the album a bunch of times i can't i can't really start doing a breakdown of all the different sections so there's eight songs and each one is labeled a, a ring number with a, a mm-hmm. description of um a status basically right so you have yeah. one is poverty one is middle class one is um, you know tower I guess is the the, the, the most, uh, one, yeah. affluent or whatever that you have mm-hmm. to try and aspire to from this is what I've gathered so far <laughs> uh-huh. but um uh, but what the first thing that was interesting to me when I listened to the whole thing was yeah and i I'll, I'll preface it by saying I love this album a lot now <laughs> okay. at first yeah. at first I had a struggle with it and I thought, well, wow, this really isn't what I was expecting, and maybe it's not as good as the previous stuff. That was my mm, initial uh-huh. thing because there wasn't a um, a waves or a or a Gloria or a right. you know old haunt or something that was just like immediate, hooky. You know, had the big crescendo ending thing that you could just grab onto. So, but as I'm listening to it you hear little bits and pieces. So my nature was like, okay, I'm going to sit, I'm going to make myself like this record. I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to put the work in to like this record and really about three listens in stuff started to click with me. So how did you guys experience it?
1: Um, Mine was very similar and I guess less, I'm going to make myself like it, but like um, coming off of the Indigo Child, which I love. Like, I love the two tracks, like the two official Indigo Child tracks. Um, I loved how textured, how beautiful, how colorful it was. And no, nothing on this album quite reaches that same level of beauty for me, uh, especially on the first handful of listens that I went through. Uh, nothing was quite as tangible. Um, but listening to it and getting into it, there's a lot more going on. I mean, there's like six more tracks than there were on the Indigo Child. Um, But yeah, there wasn't like that standout piece. There wasn't that, ooh, that's like the really, really good part, but I'm really loving what Casey was doing specifically on like the rhythm sections Um, and allowing a lot of other instruments to pick up the rhythm outside of just allowing the drums to be the main rhythm, Um, allowing the horns and the xylophones a lot more of like the percussive Sounds of like those instruments to pick up the slack in that case. Um, so it's all these smaller details that I'm really gravitating towards rather than a big crescendo moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing was that I was a little disappointed at first by the last track in that it didn't build to anything re- mm. like I was maybe expecting. Where I think the third song, Low Town, that kind of does that for me, um, right? And that right now might be my favorite track. But you're right. I mean, the instrumentation and the the insane amount of layers of things going on, and and polyrhythms and different things all you know contradicting each other as it's going on is that's where if you really start to analyze what everybody's doing, it's it's insane and it's utter genius, and mm-hmm. and that's where the album starts to really grab you.
1: Yeah, the only, like, my biggest criticism of this album, and again, I want to, much like you, Roy, I want to preface that I do love this album. Um, But as with most media, you know, there's always something that I have to be like, oh, well, I didn't quite like that part. Um, I don't feel as though the songs are quite varied as much as a lot of other Casey's work. Like, even within the color spectrum. I
0: agreed. That was my main. Yeah, like, the color
1: spectrum, it goes through, like, legit genre changes. And I just feel like all the... The songs on here feel very unified which i don't want to say is a knock against the album itself but it is a little bit of a knock against the concept when we're going from distinct districts of this world where like essentially no, it's you know, very funny poverty... Did I,
0: jordan i sent you that thing that i read yes. there, there was an exact yes. review where, where uh somebody commented on that and I, and apologies if that person is watching i'm not copying them I'm, I'm this is what they said but uh it was like they, they said everything is very in the same similar musical style so it's like oh you're poor here's some funky jazz oh you're yeah. oh you live in the middle <laughs> class here's some yeah. funky jazz <laughs> yeah know? yeah and it was like everything was like funky jazz and it's funny because he does live in that world musically for a lot of this record which was mm-hmm. not what they normally do
2: Yeah, I think they classify, like, I forget, some, like, album trailer I just saw that I mentioned to you, they said it's, like, space funk, and my, like, I completely agree with both of you. I love this album. I love this band. As I've said, you know, for the last 10 years, this is, to me, the number one most underappreciated band that I've heard. of All the bands, like, this is the dear, this is the one I tell you to listen to, is the Dear Honor. Uh, But, yeah, my first few listens, too, was, I thought, I heard, my initial reaction was, I just heard the same song eight
0: times
2: (laughs) which you know all great albums take time to build if you know exactly how you feel about it the first time through it's there's not much to it um and yeah i mean for me i'm i'm big into concepts i'm big into conceptual continuity that's my thing and i still like feel that the first time i heard act five going for a walk hearing how you know a moon away comes back at the at a beginning and then it you know, builds and builds. And then you come back to that theme at the end, like my jaw dropped and I told so many people, I can't believe what I've just heard. This doesn't have a moment like that. And I don't know if it needs to, I don't know if it's going for the same epic scope. So I don't want to like compare it and judge it, you know, by what it's not doing. Um, But for me, as of now, I definitely prefer the X over this. Um, Uh And again, I love it. I don't want to make light of it. I don't want to joke about it and maybe this is just how I hear things and I'm weird, but I this, this album reminds me of Crash Bandicoot. I don't know if that's like weird, but certainly- Okay, I, okay. Hear, I hear like, I feel like- I I'm can hear it, it though. You know what I'm talking about? Like this kind of trap- I,
0: I have no reference to that, but that's No, I know exactly what you're a, talking about. And I, can, I can definitely program. hear it. Yeah, yeah, I
2: couldn't help it. I was like, I don't want to associate it, but I imagined Crash Bandicoot running on a beach.
1: especially especially with like ring four of patrol like i can hear some of the like beginning notes of even like diddy kong racing and crash bandicoot like all those like those yeah um banjo kazooie is another one that i can definitely hear that kind of like funk rhythm section on it and it's not a knock
2: against it it's just you know i Mm -hmm. i often associate things like that and my first reaction too alongside that was like whenever i tell people about the deer hunter i'll say like there's there's a few other bands that remind me of them, but none reach the same level. One of them, maybe the most well-known one is Kendo or The Reign of Kindo. That w-
0: I, Yeah, Kendo. There's a lot of that, and I think a lot it of that comes big. from the voice similarity there. Um, yeah, more of like the funk, R&B. But the last song, Tower, is very Kendo-sounding yeah. to me.
2: Um, um, it reminds it, me of The Family Crest, too, if anybody knows them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dirt Poor Robins, in a uh-huh. sense. So it's it's all like, you know, if you like the Dirt Hunters and you never heard those bands, please, you know, check them out, too. Mm -hmm.
0: It's tough Um, because, I mean, the Act Series albums, if I don't, I came into them backwards. So, right, I started mm -hmm. really with five and then and then worked my way backwards. I don't know if I would have felt as uh, obsessed with all of them if I heard just the first one and then Mm -hmm. waited two years. And then, you know, they're great. But. I find them even more great because I almost literally heard all five albums in the, a span right. of a couple of months. Yeah. So yeah. that's an amazing experience and they all connect and it's this massive undertaking that they did, which was mm-hmm. over 10 years. If that's what he's building here, that's going to be phenomenal. And we just yeah. don't know that yet. Yeah. Um, so the comparison there is really unfair. It's tough. Um, Yeah, it's, it's almost
1: as though we're approaching, uh, like, I'm thinking of it from a literary standpoint, and it would be like approaching um, somebody who has written, like, the Lord of the Rings series, right, with the whole Act series, and all that, and then being given the Selmarillion, uh, and all the maps, and being like, okay, so here's a world, (laughs) and doesn't really have any kind of a narrative flow in terms of the world, but it's the world. Um, and so it's a very different listening experience because it's not a narrative flow that we're following, it's literally the different areas. Yeah, it kind of reminds me too, and again, going off on a weird like pop culture
2: tangent, but it kind of reminds me of how like people are complaining about the current MCU, not to go too far into all that, but of like everyone knew what the whole like Infinity War saga was, and that's like the axe. And here it's like we're just at the start of this new phase. We don't know. Mm-hmm which melodies are gonna come back later, if any. We don't know what the the overarching um, plan is. So it is it is kind of hard to judge. Uh-huh. But I think even with like, not, not, not our complaints, but just our observations about it, even if we're like, at least for me saying that I don't like it as much as the act stuff, that's like saying, you know, silver isn't as good as gold. Like compared to what else is going on in music today, this is still like, uh-huh the, yeah, the there's a good chance longer. this ends up
0: being my favorite album of the, yeah. of the year <laughs> i may not sound like that i think we're just trying to point out as we're starting this is just how we're comparing it to the previous band's work i mean that's and that's its yeah, own yeah. discussion but in a vacuum this album has so much going on that yeah. it's just every time you listen to it and i don't know i'm on my 20th listen who knows at this yeah, point yeah uh, um I'm still hearing other layers of background vocals coming in, and another xylophone mm-hmm. passage over here, and you know, uh, whatever else is going on. And I'm in awe of that part of it that his mind works in such a way to uh, able to arrange so much stuff. Um, uh-huh. it, it, it it's it's incredible.
2: It, i'm sure i'm not the only person to say it it's an easy it's an easy comparison to make but i think it's really true with this album more than uh the others and this reminds me of like pet sounds and smile
0: god i was totally gonna say okay. that. there's yeah. so much
2: influence it's of brian very
0: the it's very obviously it doesn't sound like the beach boys but the, the yeah. mind is very like brian wilson-esque right the, the, mm-hmm. you know how he layers mm-hmm. the background vocals yeah. and yeah totally yeah i agree um any favorite songs so far?
1: Oh, that's that's tough, because um, kind of what we've already said is that they all feel so similar, even though they're all so very complex and whatnot. I think it, probably the longest track of Luxury, uh, Ring Three. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Just like, I love how it starts off almost like a Hamilton passage, like uh, this kind of hip hop sings talk. Yeah aspect but then it really brings this like very punchy very potent aspect to the actual track itself um and he keeps wavering back and forth like it feels very much kind of like a big show tune number mm-hmm. um for me that's the standout track um and it's not just because it's the longest one because i love long tracks uh, but i also just love where the track goes like it is kind of all over the place really playing with the idea of luxury Uh, but I also love how right at the like we have this idea of luxury from a top down like hey look what we can do with luxury like isn't it great isn't life amazing but then it's also looking at it from like an individualistic kind of a point of like hey those who are living in luxury don't know what they have and why can't other people just pull themselves up from the bootstraps and get themselves here so I like that it both it, it really dissects what it means to live in luxury uh like and i just end, love the ending
0: that. so that second half of the song to me is the uh-huh. most deer hunter-esque part of the record yeah. um yeah it
2: reprises like, the first song I think, and
0: yet it plays over like a basic steel drum caribbean feel which is uh-huh. bizarre as as is <laughs> But, Hence uh, my
2: Crash Bandicoot
1: comparison. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah everything, is, everything is percussive in that, you yeah. know? Like it's got that, um, oh, it's like a handheld instrument where you pluck the little
0: things on it. King Crimson was using a lot on an uh, aspect. But, but then really kind of out of nowhere and seamlessly, the ending goes into this weird kind of dance, you know, cha-cha slide kind of thing <laughs> at the end. Which uh-huh. oddly reminded me of maybe something Faith No More might have done, like very Mike Patton-esque uh-huh. kind of thing. But uh-huh. um, and I love that part; it, it's crazy and, and and silly, but it really just gives a nice kind of punch to the to the end of the song. I really dig that. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I agree. I mean, that might be the best song on the record. I get again. I I referred to the third one, Low Town, as another one that I really like a lot. Yeah. Um, on the opposite side, I'll say I don't think there's any song I. I feel like needs to be skipped either, which I like a lot. Um,
1: No, no, that was one of, and again, I don't want to say complaints, but observations of the last two act series, like four and five was that in my mind, they're a little bit long. Um, There are a few tracks I probably would have like, well, let's, let's not include those. But on here, like the eight tracks are solid. I wouldn't get rid of a single one of them.
0: No. Yeah. And I also like that he didn't waste time, which is a big uh, pet peeve of mine with, concept records and he's uh-huh. he never really does this to be fair um just put in the middle of an album like a two-minute talking interlude or something uh-huh. you know right or just noise, which would be very just noise for 60 seconds that i have to yeah. skip now like i i because i generally those are the songs that never make it onto my iphone or anything you know
2: right um, yeah. there's a recent album by you know who i'm talking about roy who's has
0: way too much narration and it kind of, kind of gets in the way. Yes. Yeah. I know. I think I know which one you're talking about. But I. Um, yeah. That's something. I'm um, You know, if you want to do something, maybe in the beginning of the record, I can kind of live with that. But then just drop it. And just, just get to the songs. I. It gets really annoying quickly. Um. My favorite's so, probably um, the first one,
2: "Poverty Ring 8. That's great. Um, I think it's just the most. It's the most immediate, and it's the most representative of what the album is and, and what the deer hunter is. I think it's just so bombastic, but not in like a bad way. It's just so like layered and just, it's, it's the one that has like the, the deer hunter kind of crescendo you expect. it like building and building. And then this like release of just like, you know, awe, of, like what am I hearing?
0: How is this being made? How is this possible? Um, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, any last
0: words? I think we covered it. I think that was, you know
2: i mean i think just to continue what you said i think that's an important point to consider when judging music and best albums of the year because i posted you know a a joke the other day on social media of like you know every other band we're gonna have the best album of 2022 the deer hunter hold my beer and of course people messaged me what about the new porcupine tree and coheed and all Mm -hmm. and i I mean i don't know we're we're halfway into the year i don't want to compare anything but I think those bands, especially Porcupine Tree for as great as it is that they came back and all, there's nothing on the new Porcupine Tree album that I think is new necessarily. It's all great. Yeah. it's But it's it's all familiar, which is not a bad thing or a good thing. But I think with the Deer Hunter, it, as you said, like this sounds familiar, but it's a new kind of thing from them. And I think you automatically get more points, at least with me, if you're not just... You know, doing the same thing. You're you're not straying from who you are, but you're yeah, pushing. It I mean,
0: I, again, I think yeah. that that's uh, uh, more credit to him. He didn't create a second act series with this. It, yeah. it sounds uh-huh. like the Deer Hunter, but it is absolutely different enough yeah. where where it takes some getting used to. Which was where my initial listening was 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 all was that it was just okay. Am I liking this? I, let me see where this goes. Um But <laughs> yeah, um, it'll. Yeah. I think for me, it'll be
1: um, really telling how all these albums are sitting with me by November. Yeah. Um, like after the initial rose tinted glasses start to pale a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this one keeps giving me more and more. Um, and that's something that we've already discussed, just how complex and layered it all is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I like the Porcupentry record a lot, but... I haven't found myself returning to it as much.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of maybe one or two tracks, I I haven't really returned to it all that I much. And I don't
0: dislike anything of it. I just, mm-hmm. that's the simplest way I can talk about it. Yeah. I like it. It's good. I don't dislike anything on it. I haven't been mm-hmm. putting it on as much as I thought I would. Yeah. You know what no, you're getting fair.
2: with it. Whereas this, you didn't know what you were getting with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, And to kind of echo what you were saying there, Jordan, uh, this definitely feels like a new chapter. It feels like it's something completely new, but still in a very familiar setting. So for me, that's getting a lot of points.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So again, if uh, anybody's watching this, if you hung around for 30 minutes about a podcast (laughs) for a band, you don't know, may hopefully, uh, you know, please check this album out. And if not uh, check out the X series, but we're going to keep, screaming about the deer hunter from the rooftops uh you know every time we can because uh this is one of the bands of this era that continues to impress continues to uh try different things do something special and uh and we think they're pretty great so we like to try and make people know about them uh guys thanks for joining this was fun i hope to have you guys back on again and uh, discuss something else yeah i'd love that yeah that'd cool. be great all right i gotta run talk to you guys later yeah, yep. Bye. Bye.